It's time once again for a journey inside the twisted minds and unfiltered voices of your favorite sisters, Jamie. But I can at least put on some mascara at this point. I mean, my arms aren't broken. And Paula. You know, guys don't have things getting stuck up their butt that often. And now prepare yourself for the ugly truth. Welcome, welcome to The Ugly Truth, episode 42. Ugh! Ugh! Oh my god, that was so bad. You want to know why it was so bad? Why? Because my my diaphragm is fucked. Uh, it is so sore. I know. I was going to say, you probably are just like, ugh. Ugh. Yeah, really? <laughs> yes. I know. Well, so I mean, bad. everyone I'm sure is uh, eager beavers to hear about your adventures in surgery, but indeed, before we start... Naturally, you had to steal all the thunder because I wanted to talk about on our episode that we had to miss how I got a new job. And I was so excited, not giving too many details just because, you know, to uh, protect the innocent. But um, I'm working for a consulting firm downtown in the city. So far, it's going really. (laughs) So far, it's going really, really good. Um, I am so busy every day, but you know they are just complimenting me left and right and all that stuff. So I have told myself that you know I'm going to behave myself. I'm going to be on my best behavior. I'm going to be there on time and follow all the rules and everything like that. Yep. And then keep your mouth shut. Well. (laughs) that was the goal and so here's the thing I don't intentionally say bad things I think it's none of us do none of us do I think it's just the way I talk I really think that's how I talk you know what it's a family genetic issue we can't help ourselves we don't even know we're saying anything that would even be considered remotely colorful until someone gasps or looks at you weird and you're like what so I posted on Facebook um and I said what was it day four I said I'm like day four on my job and I just cracked a joke to my new boss using the word testicles and I'm like that didn't take long and so naturally your your response was like (laughs) I don't even know if you said anything you just kind of like you know it was almost like a sigh or whatever it it was the square I'm sure it was some sort of face I made a straight face I know so basically what happened was is um they are like sticklers for spelling and so I had sent an email oh. and I had Weird. a spelling error. And so I got called into the office, not like in a bad way. Oh, my God. I shut the door and he's like, sit down. And he's like, so he's like, your email that you just sent. I'm like, yes. He's like, did you mean to say the word tentative? And I'm just like, yes. And I was thinking, oh, my God, what happened? Like, I thought it autocorrected yeah. or something. And so I'm like. Yes. I'm like, why? What does it say? And he's just like, well, it says tentative. And I'm like, what? He's like, you spelt it incorrectly. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it's ten- tentative is T-E-N-T. T. Tentative. A-T-I-V-E. Yeah, right. And I said tentative. T-E-N-A-T-I-V-E. I forgot the extra T. Okay. But it's so I mean it was really no big deal. But it scared me half to death because when he's like yeah. he sat down, he's like, Did you mean to type the word tentative? And I'm thinking so when he told me that, I was just like, Oh, that's all I'm oh my like, God, did it autocorrect so testicle? I said you scared me. I'm like, I thought you were gonna say it autocorrected to like testicles or tentacles or something like that. <laughs> and so when I said that, he kinda looked at me funny 
And then I'm just like, well, I'm like, I just, I didn't know. And, you know, I could have said tentacles and just left it at that. But I had to start with testicles. Testicles, of course. Of course. And so he's like, yeah, he's like, that'd be an interesting meeting. He's like, a meeting about testicles. And I'm like, yeah, come if you have the balls. And so, <laughs> and I just oh, couldn't stop. I'm like, like shut up, shut up. I told myself, I'm like, shut your mouth. Because then later, and this is the thing, I'm just finding myself having to really stop myself. Because later, one of the um, the executives of the company, um, they had just put in a new cubicle and they have these poles that go into the ceiling to kind of hold the cubicles in place. And so it had oh a God. little dust on it or dirt on it. So he licked his finger and he starts wiping at it. And I'm like, well, here I, ha- I I said, here I have a Clorox wipe. And he's like, oh, that's okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm all, I guess spit works for most things. He's like, yeah, he's all, you can use spit for anything. And then I just kind of oh like God. paused and he's like, you know, and I'm like, and he's like, well, he's like, never mind. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's a good place to stop. <laughs> and yeah. so, oh, Paula Marie. And I didn't say it, but I didn't say anything. Okay. I'm All right. Well, there. as your big sister, you need to just shut your hole. You need to really think before you speak. All I did was offer him a Clorox wipe. That's all I did. And then um, that's and yeah. And then I just, well. you know, gingerly said and I wasn't being dirty or facetious. And he's just like, eh, he's like, it's OK. I'm yes. like, yeah, well, I guess spit works good. And then that's where that's and then he carried it to another level or not. No, he, he didn't carry it to another level. Your brain carried it to another level. You pursed your lips and he saw the innuendo in your face. Because it happens to me all the time. Well, what am I supposed to do? What, what about I... the time when I was at Trader Joe's and I was buying barbecue sauce and the the, the very cute cashier asked me what kind of, uh, you know, 4th of July I was going to have. And I said, oh, I'm going to barbecue some ribs. He goes, oh, really? What, are you going to use this sauce? I go, oh, I don't know. I was thinking about doing wings with this. And I said, I'm just not really sure because Food Network was saying you should use a, a wet rub, but I'm thinking of a dry rub. Oh, Jesus. And I paused. And I looked at him and he looked at me and he's like, well, I've never heard of a dry rub. I assume it could be good in some circumstances. And I'm like, I'm like, I simply don't. I, I, and I even said, I said, I'm preferring a wet rub. And I'm like, Jamie, shut your mouth. See, so, you know, why what? am I still talking about this? You really hit the nail on the head when you said you pursed your lips. You had a look on your face because I'm almost positive I did. And that's the hard part is it's just like I just can't change who I am. I I'm really trying to behave. It, it, I sat it's... in a meeting the other day with a pen in my mouth just so I wouldn't say anything because I just <laughs> I'm really trying hard. And, and I'm thinking, why is it so difficult for me to not speak filthy or, or without tact or you know, I, I don't know. I feel like I have Tourette's. Like at any given moment, I'll just shout <laughs> balls or you know something. Well, actually, you know what? You're just in the wrong line of work. If you were, if you worked in a bar or if you worked somewhere where you know innuendo what, was hilarious, an you phone know, caller or something. I mean, Jesus. it would be it'd be funny, but you know, you've chosen one of the most conservative industries on the planet. <laughs> this so is why like, our podcast has to become something someday. I'll never make yeah. it. <laughs> You're never gonna make it. The, the food for my children's mouths depends on this podcast, people. You don't understand. Right? Speaking of Paula's begging for, for you to support the podcast, welcome to all of our iHeart listeners and to our Stitcher listeners. We know you're out there because you're telling us that you're voting for us for best new show, best Woo! comedy for the Stitcher nominations, the Stitcher Podcast Awards, which is a cute, really cute contest. I or whatever you call it, I don't know what is it. Just like because it's the awards season, I suppose they're well, having. I don't know their what you season. win, but as soon as I heard there was an award, I, I was I all win. over. I am so freaking competitive. Like I want a freaking trophy, man. I have voted for. I voted 
for us probably, I'd vote as often as I can because they're just like you can vote once a day and I'm like my ass I'm like I'm voting every I'm 10 minutes if I can more. voting voting yes so I've been voting for our show as well but anyway thank you for the votes because or the nominations because we know you're telling us that you're doing it and we think that's super cool so uh, welcome to all of our new listeners and we're increasing every single day every day we're so excited we so are thank you for things that. are going amazingly well yes. and swimmingly and so we are grateful for that so anyways moving on we were going to record our show last week and we wound up not doing it and then we were going to do it that friday and friday at my new job day two i get a text saying your sister has been in the emergency room all night. She's going in for emergency surgery. We're at blah, blah, blah hospital. And I'm like, what? So let's rewind. And, and you're like, what the fuck? Basically. Yeah. And so why don't you tell us what exactly happened? Well, basically, I have to go back pretty far behind, for like a way, way, way long ago um, when I had my last child, Malia, who is 13, uh, during the delivery, she was too big for my body, actually, and I should have had a cesarean. There was a nurse in the room who was trying to assist the doctor to deliver this incredibly large baby out of my pelvis, and mm-hmm. she pushed down on my stomach to try to ha- push her out. Well, that kills women, by the way. Um, you can cause a um, you can cause a bleed. You can cause the uterus to rip away from the lining, and you can kill. That's how women die. Oh. And so, luck, luckily, uh, my doctor um, yelled at her and literally sent her out of the room. Oh my! And yeah, he was furious with her. And the baby, obviously, everything turned out great. I did bleed, and I did, you know, bottom my. I did almost die, but not because of that. Um, she was just too big for my body, right. but. Ultimately, I ended up with a herniated navel, which means that the muscle uh, wall around my belly button bulged because of the pressure she had put on my stomach, Mm -hmm. and I had this cute little hernia. Well, I mean, that was 13 years ago. Right. So about five years after that, I had it looked at because, you know, I felt like it was something that should be looked at, and he said, it's a a hernia. Someday you're going to want to get it fixed. Cosmetically, you're not going to like it, you know, so you should probably think about getting it fixed. Okay, blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. So over the summer during my physical, the doctor looked at it and he said, you know, this thing's gotten kind of big. And it was because, well, it's because I, for the last two years, I've been really focusing on core work on my exercise. Right, right. So um, all of that work has kind of... And I have, there have been times where I will do work and I will feel like a rip or I'll feel like I'm burning and I'll stop thinking, oh God, you know, and you know, this is the ultimate putting off the inevitable, by the way, this was not all my fault, but it's something that I should have had taken care of a long time ago. So it's gotten bigger. So over the summer, I told the doctor, I said, you know what? I need to get this fixed. So he said, no problem. Gave me the name of a great surgeon, said they'll put some mesh in there and they'll put some mesh in there. They will, you're actually awake because they want to make sure that everything's in place and you'll be good. And I said, all right, awesome. Well, that was in um, June of this year. Okay. So last week I was on the elliptical and I was working out pretty hardcore and all of a sudden I felt like an explosion of gas bubbles like went off all at once in my stomach. Ow. And my stomach literally swelled and I felt like I was, I looked five months pregnant. I was literally swollen all the way around and the pain was so bad that it literally knocked me off the elliptical and I was hunched over and there was not, there was no 
position, standing, sitting, laying on either side um, that was comfortable. Like I was in so much pain. I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. And so this had happened once before and I didn't realize that it was the hernia. I thought it was gas bubbles. Uh So I had taken Pepto-Bismol. This happened a couple of years ago. I had taken Pepto-Bismol and it went away. Well, really what had happened was the hernia, there was some intestines that had gotten pushed into the hernia and I somehow was able to put it push it back Mm -hmm. and that's why the pain went away the last time well this time it wasn't working and so I was in pain for 12 hours almost Mm -hmm. because I was certain that it would go away and it wasn't going away right finally Daryl came in well it was less than 12 hours Daryl came in at two in the morning after I'd been writhing and said we're going to the hospital I don't know what's going on, but I think your enough hernia enough, is out of control. Right. Yeah. And I said, okay. So it took me a half an hour to get re- to get dressed because I was in so much pain. I couldn't even walk. Jesus. And I was so lucky. We walked into the emergency room at 3.30, 3.15, and there was not one soul in the emergency room. Not even one. Only a security guard, and that was it. It was You know empty. why? It was too effing cold. No one wanted to go out. <laughs> well, right? And so, and what was funny is in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know what? I had just said not even two weeks ago that I would rather sleep than get up and go to get something urgent taken care of. Oh, that's right. That Remember? was like literally our last episode or the one before and so, that. You said you'd put off going to the doctor. Yeah. And so, and that's what I had done. And so finally the pain was so severe. Nothing was working. It was getting worse. So Daryl and I went and... It was so bad I had to, and I, I couldn't even complete check-in. I had to lay down. They gave Daryl the bracelet to put to get me checked in. I went in. I explained to them what was going on, and they took my blood pressure, which was just skyrocketing because well, I was you in, had so, been much in pain. so much pain all day. Yeah, so they said, all right, we're going to put you in, and we're going to give you some pain meds. I'm like, oh, my God, really? Really? I was so, like, I couldn't wait. I was so excited to finally be relieved of pain. So, um. They lay me down on the thing and they look and my hernia is really big and it has now become discolored. Uh It's now a dark blue. Like you had a bruise. Yeah. And I couldn't see it because obviously I was laying down and I couldn't even bend. I couldn't even like bend over. It hurt so bad. Right. And they said, oh, has it always been discolored? And of course, Daryl at this point, you know, he's white as a sheet. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Because he doesn't do these kinds of things. Not well. He's not good. First of all, he couldn't stand seeing me in that kind of pain. Number one. Number two. He knew something was really wrong. Right. And I told him, I said, if this is the hernia, I know exactly what's happened and I'm going to have to have surgery. I need you to be prepared. And he's like, okay. So um, they said those are her intestines and they've come through. And our only hope is that they haven't died because that gets serious. Right. So they finally give me morphine. And I mean, I love morphine by the way God, you're so lucky because morphine makes mom and i puke our guts out i I, cannot take it i was so happy well i he put it in my and i had been in so much pain at this point he put it in my iv and i all of a sudden i feel my my felt my shoulders like it felt like somebody had like ripped the muscles off of my body because they just like relaxed instantly yeah and i freaked out i said something's happening to me you're like yes your pain's going away (laughs) He said, yeah, I just gave you some really good stuff. And I go, you did? He goes, yeah, welcome to morphine land. I'm like, oh, my God. I was so happy. But 
I was still in pain. Right. But I was, it was tolerable, finally. At least it took the edge off, right? It did. And, you know, they tried valiantly to push the intestines back into the hernia, which was incredibly uncomfortable, by the way. Um, they inverted me where I was practically, I had my hands over my head and they inverted the table. So my, I was kind of looking upside down. Yeah. The pressure of the uh, intestine kind of moves and they can kind of fiddle with it and kind of try to push it back in through the hernia. Well, that didn't, that did not work. I had three different surgeons try to push that fucker back in. And it was like, look, I realize that this is something I should have taken care of a while ago, but do we really need to continue punishing All me? All right. It kind of sounds like, you know, that's that thing they do when, like, a baby's transverse and they're trying to, like, yeah. move your stuff. They're like, well, guess it's not going to work. And so finally the last surgeon came in and she said, I'm not going to try because they've already tried a million times and you're clearly in a lot of pain. You're going to have to have surgery. But we need to do a CAT scan to make sure that's what it is and that it's not something like when you were a kid, when your intestines kind of twisted. Yeah. Mine came off the stomach wall when I was 12 yes. and they kinked. Right. And so I had a blockage and then it right. was also kind of cutting off circulation to the appendix. So they actually thought I had yes. appendicitis and it when wasn't until it. they actually got in there and realized it was. I mean, I did, but that wasn't right. really what the problem was. Right. So they wanted to make sure that hadn't happened. Good. So I had to do the CAT scan, which was fine. And it went fast. And I'm like, you know, just my luck. They're going to find some weird tumor somewhere else. Like, uh, well, you know, yeah, you I hernia, thought but, about you know, that. We were in there. We noticed. <laughs> I was thinking about that when Daryl texted did? me. Well, here's the funny thing. I was thinking about that when Daryl texted me and I was driving. I left work a little early because obviously I wasn't going to just not be there. And so I was on right. the way there and I'm just like, I swear to all that is holy. I'm like, if they find something, I'm like, I I had already convinced myself I was going to have to be the one to tell you. So, all right. Anyway, so after all was said and done. Yes, I definitely had a herniated navel, and they called it a – initially, they were calling it an incarcerated intestine. <laughs> Jesus. Because because the hernia had trapped the intestine, and now it was incarcerated. But ultimately, I think they called it a strangulated hernia is the official term. Wow. So they said, yes, you definitely have to have surgery. And because it's discolored, it means your intestine's dying, which means we need to do it right away. And I Gross. said, all right, whatever you got to do. You know, I, I was – I was in so much pain, I didn't even care. I don't care what you have to do at this point. And so um, after hours and hours and hours, you know, I finally got into a room. And then I think we waited maybe an hour. And then they took me into um, the pre-op place where I got to meet my um, anesthesiologist. And I got to see the surgeon again. Oh, yeah. And she gave me a very thorough rectal exam. You way. mentioned that. You told me that, you know, you got it a rectal. Really and I'm like, thorough. what? Why? And then you said. She just had to make sure there wasn't any other impending issues going on with my intestines. From and your butthole? I mean, Yeah. Jesus. I guess they can, they can tell a lot from a rectal exam. I didn't well, notice I know. either. You know what? I don't understand. I don't, you know, guys don't have things getting stuck up their butt that often. But I'm just saying, I can't tell you how many pap smears I've had where yeah. they've actually done the finger thing up the butt too. And they're just like, they well, you do. can feel more. And I'm just like, well, obviously you can. But I mean, it's like a, no wonder they call it a cavity search. But yeah, it's, it's, it was severe. But what was funny it, is when you were out of it, you may remember telling me this, but you're what? like, yeah, you're like, she stuck her finger up my butt. And I'm like, what? And yeah. so I'm like, why? And you're like, oh, she said she could feel more. And you were giving me the example, showing me, and you were using two fingers. And I'm just like. She used two fingers. And I said, well, she did she use one or two? And she's like, well, she started with one, but then she slipped the second one in on a surprise. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what was it? Her birthday? I mean, seriously. <laughs> I know, right? 
Hey, Hugs. Producer Dub here, founder and president of Uganon, the support group for those of us who are related to the Ugly Sisters. On behalf of Jamie, Paula, and myself, thanks for downloading the show every week and telling your friends about it. Without you, we wouldn't be able to share the ugly truth with the world. And now, back to the show. All right. So go into now the guy that came to get me. Were you there when I went into surgery? No, you weren't. It was just no. Mom when and I got Darryl. there, you were actually um, out of. You had just gotten out of surgery and okay. you were recovering. So right when I got there, I had just missed the doctor. I guess coming out. Okay, so I um, this this cute little guy comes in. He goes, "Hi, I'm Serge from Surgery. I'm here to take you to your your surgery." And we're like, "Okay." So I get Surge. on, and, and you know <laughs> they walk me. Because there's a surgery waiting room, so they're going to obviously hang out there. They check in with the this old woman who takes the name of the people waiting for the patients, and um, then she calls them, and then the waiting room people meet with the surgeon somehow. That way, if there's any catastrophic issue, you're not sitting in the waiting room, okay. and you know they, they will take you somewhere else. But anyway, right. so I go into pre-op, and, and, and I meet my anesthesiologist, who is just a adorable why are they all so freaking Every, cute i you know what all anesthesiologists i've never met an ugly one in my life never it no it just never fails whenever you're at the hospital there's always an abundance of cute either doctors or it's mostly doctors i've never really seen yeah. a cute male nurse or no you know, some and it's and every time you know, I don't know most people. I mean, I guess unless you work at a hospital, but I mean, every time I've been there, I've either been the patient myself or I've been visiting someone. Right. And you know, when you're going and rushing to the hospital, especially if it's like the middle of the night kind of thing. Granted, we always lip and clip, but I mean, you know, after a few hours, right. the lip and clip only lasts so long. And if your hair is oh, yeah. oily and you're tired and you know you hadn't showered or anything like that, you know, you can only look <laughs> so good. And so that's usually when is. you're you know making the four a.m. run to the cafeteria to get coffee and. Right. And behold, there is Mr. Hot, Gorgeous, McSteamy, you know, walking down the hallway in his scrubs. And you're just like, I hate my life yes. right now so bad. Yeah. And so he comes in. And the problem is, what well, here's the problem, though. He's even gorgeous with his little shower cap on. Like, he's ready for surgery, for my surgery. And he comes in. He's got these gorgeous blue eyes, oh, super dazzling sakes. smile. And he's the kind of guy that mom would find adorable. You know, God, the, you know. know the kind of mom guy? Okay. Mom always, so yeah. She's wowed by the ones that look like Tom Cruise. I don't know why. Well, he was very attractive. Dark hair, nice eyes. No, he was actually a lighter-skinned gentleman. His name was Dr. Percival, if you must know. And he Percival. was just adorable and so with a name like percival i mean you damn well better be good looking and brilliant i was gonna say isn't that like english or something or like dr percival no his last name was percival i don't know what his first name was but anyway um he came in shook his hand he goes so it's been a really long time since you've had surgery because i was three when i had surgery on my bladder so i which we can talk about at another time but I said, no, I, I really don't remember much. And he said, okay. He goes, well, so he explained everything. And he said, it's going to be really fun. He goes, and it's really nice that you're being pleasant and smiling. That's pretty unusual for pre-op. And I'm like, I just can't wait to get out, get this over Well, with. and he's probably not realizing you're just, well, that's true. You're in pain. But knowing me, I'd probably be smiling and thinking like, maybe before he puts me out, he'll like ask me out on a date or something. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm retarded. But. Yeah, exactly. So, um. Anyway, the, then I had a nurse, and she was fabulous. And so the staff, I mean, they were so awesome. I, And, you know, me, I'm thinking it's like I'm going to be paying so much money for, like, the next five <laughs> years for this service. I'm so glad that you're treating me like I'm in yeah, a first-star really? five-star restaurant because I am paying heavily for this. So, really, I appreciate that you're giving it all you got because – 
I am owed it, considering how much money this hospital is getting from me after this. So, and I hate that I think that way because I know it's genuine because they're really good at what they do. I mean, they're genuinely great. So I pull into the operating room, which is just like you see anywhere, you know, on TV. It looks exactly like Grey's Anatomy. So I walk in. It's very cold. Of course. And I'm fine. And so Are I walk naked? in. Are you naked? No, I have my gown on still. Okay. Because you know they, they take, take that off after you. I trust me. I found the dye all over my body. I know exactly what they saw. Sadly, God, I'd hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm laying there, and Carlos, who's handling all of the small details, like all the stuff around, the, the probably the cleanup crew kind of guy. The he's a nurse and things like that. Yeah, yeah. he's the nurse, but the nurse. Um, then my nurse who brought me in, and then the anesthesiologist. Anyway, there's music playing. And they're like, hey, uh, hey, Jamie, we hope you don't mind Stevie Nicks. And they turn it up. Well, here I go again to say. <laughs> you and I'm like, freedom. is this yeah. you, witch? No. no <laughs> so I'm like, all I hear is, what is the, how's that stupid song go? Um, oh, thunder only happens, Always when, happens it's when it's raining. Women yeah. only love you love when you you're when Playing. Okay. Oh, they so say women, they will, they will come, come and they will. Okay, we got hey, it. Hey, that's kind of inappropriate. Come and go. What if I had died? Well, that would have been in- inappropriate. Uh, well, I mean, I think you could probably say that about any. I mean, what what would you any prefer song. them to say? Baby got <laughs> back. Do, 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 well, do. that I definitely had. So anyway, um, so they're like, hope you don't mind Stevie Nicks. I'm like, no, that's fine. Actually, that's totally cool. So then Carlos, he's like, I hate Stevie Nicks. And they're like, well, you don't count anyway. You know, right. so you're just a cleanup crew. Yeah. And so they're, you know, cackling. And, and it's I believe it's what they do to keep the patient relieved Probably. you know like so there's no anxiety you know it's not all serious business it's a it, it essentially it was a serious surgery it was an emergency surgery but the reality is is that nothing was going to go wrong i'm incredibly healthy and so there's really you know it's just one of those weird things well so I get on the to table. them it's not like you know it was an emergency like open heart right. gunshot you know kind of surgery they're just like yay we're gonna we're gonna check out our intestines and pop them back in woo We'll be done in 10 minutes. Exactly. And so I'm laying there and I get on the thing and I'm, you know, they put you in a cross position. So you have both of your arms out and I'm laying there. And as soon as they put both of my arms out, I look up and I said, okay, I'm, I'm nervous now. And they said, oh, don't be nervous. You'll be fine. I started to cry. Oh, jeez, you big wimp. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, I'm you're kidding. right. I'm, I'm such kidding. a pussy. And so I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They're like, well, we can't have this be the last thing you remember. You can't be crying. And they're so they're, the they're last talking. Thing you remember, I, said, I am going to die. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like, just kidding. We're harvesting today. So I said, I said, I know I'm really sorry. I don't mean to be crying. I'm, I don't know what's wrong with me. And they're like, oh, it's all right. This is, you know, traumatic. It's a traumatic thing. Well, and it's you okay, probably had though. been awake for 24 hours straight by that point. I had been. And then so Dr. Percival goes, that's okay. I'll give you something for that. And that was the last thing I remember. Uh. He gave me the anesthetic and I was out. And the last, the next thing I remember. I bet you if he had a nickel for every time he said that. Right? <laughs> oh, I'll give you something that I'll give you. I'll give you something to remember. And then. The- then you wake up naked in a bathtub. <laughs> anyway, so of course, in true Jamie fashion, I wake up to what feels like too much pressure on my face. And so I immediately start pulling things off oh, of my no. face. Because I have the oxygen mask mm-hmm. on, and it's blowing oxygen into my face so that I'll wake up, obviously. Right. 
And I wake up and I'm completely out of it, forgetting where I was, obviously. I rip the mask off and I realize I have another something in my nose. Yes. So I try, I grab for it. I had three nurses walk to me. They're all, no. Yes. And they like grabbed me and they grabbed my hands. They're like, don't rip that out. You don't want to rip that out. And I go, what are you talking about? Isn't it just like those little oxygen little nipples that no. they stick in your nostril, you know? And they're like, no, no, no. You have a tube. I'm like, I, I have a tube. A what? What? <laughs> What do you mean? Now, I'm obviously totally out of it. Now, the surgeon did tell me that worst, worst, worst case scenario is I would unfortunately end up with a colostomy bag if it was so bad that they couldn't heal the intestines immediately. Like if the like when they if there was any dead intestinal tissue and they cut it out, if my intestines didn't pink up right away and they weren't able to sew it together, they would actually have to insert a colostomy bag temporarily waiting for my intestines to heal so that they would fuse that would have been awesome i would have made fun of you for the rest of your life for that i know and so i woke up i asked the nurse she said don't pull the tube and i go and i i was patting my body she's like what are you doing i go do i have a bag do I have a bag? You were She's concerned like, about the colostomy bag. God, yeah. we are so vain. We are so vain. I said, do I have a bag? She goes, a bag? I go, do I have a bag? She's like, no, you don't have a bag. And I said, oh, thank God. And she probably walked away I'm thinking, like, right. what the fuck is a bag? What is she talking about? A bag? Her purse? <laughs> okay. She want her wallet? So you had a tube <laughs> in your nose because basically what happened yes. with the surgery was is when they got in there, they found that the intestines that had herniated had basically become necrotic. And so they had to remove the that, like, I think, what, a four-inch section of your intestine? Four inches. And then yes. they had to sew the tips back together, push yes. it back through the herniated, you know, whatever the hernia is. The hernia. And sewn it, sew it. But the reason right. you put the tube down your nose was because they couldn't have anything passing through your intestines until it's healed. Right. So exactly. the tube went straight down your nose, down your throat, into your stomach. stomach, and it was basically yes. sucking out all the stomach contents anything and acids or my anything. Body, right. Anything my body produced had to be sucked out. It could not digest. Now, here's the thing about the tube. The tube... <laughs> Was not like a small like IV tube. I mean, I'm no. not even talking like McDonald's straw tube. No, like it's this big. thing was like a it's mini big. garden hose. It was. It was terrible. It was very big, well, and I think it's it, probably stretched yeah. out your not like your nostril a little bit. It. You know what? It did actually. It did you... temporarily. Obviously, I don't. I still don't have a bigger nostril than the oh, other. Okay, but I was going to say, did the, for a day, did the nostril, it was bigger. You know, reduce itself inside. But I mean, it was it a did. really big tube. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and so I was like, all right, well, I'll deal with this breathing tube in a minute. I'm just still relieved. I asked twice, actually. I said, are you sure I don't? I think I even asked mom. I'm like, are you sure I didn't get a bag? <laughs> They're like, no, you're fine with God. the bag. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll let it go. So and once I got back into the room, I, re- I felt like there was a lot of people there, but I think it was just you, Daryl, Mom. Were you there? Yeah, you there. were there. I, um, yeah, it was just the three of us, actually. So it felt really bright and crowded because, you know, I was so out of it that um, when they put me in the bed, the only thing I remember is Mom wiping my face because I must have had something on my face. It was me, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Well, you guys are both blonde. I couldn't see anything. Oh, good. I probably look... You know what? Go ahead. Finish your story. Oh, yeah, because you know what? This is all about Paula. This is the Paula show. Well, I was just going to say, you know what? If I ever said, I remember someone wiping my face and you'd be like, oh, well, it was me. And I had said, oh, I thought it was mom. And you'd be like, gee, thanks. You would have been offended, too. <laughs> Not a, don't be offended. I just remember someone wiping my face. But all I remember is when they were getting me situated, I started to cry. And I said, I look so ugly. 
That's all I can remember saying is that I looked ugly. And I think... And I know I did. No, you didn't look ugly. You just looked (laughs) like someone who had surgery and... Oh, God. If any, if you've ever seen a person who's just had surgery, it is a shade of pale that cannot be replicated in real life. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like trying to replicate a dead, the dead color. <laughs> it's just impossible. Well, what was sad about it was, is that, you know, you had this tube thing in your nose, you know, you, you're all lethargic, you were in pain because you actually have quite a big incision. I haven't seen it, but I. Oh, my God, Paula, it is awful. How, like, like. What are it the stats so here? How long is Because I actually heard it was more like it's not even a straight line. Like it's kind of it, it has like it's a not. keyhole kind of look about it or something. It's a zigzag. It is a zigzag scar. And she did it because she didn't want to destroy my belly button. She said I had to choose between keeping your belly button or giving you a nasty scar. I chose the nasty scar. And I was like, you know what? Thank you. She goes, but her belly button's really cute now because she fixed it. You know, I mean, it's fixed. So it's really cute. I have a little cute little innie like I did when I was a kid. Okay. But but now I ha- I look like I've been attacked by a wild animal. Well, <laughs> it just is literally... more reason to get your tummy tuck like you wanted to. Uh, You know what? I will tell you this. After the week I just had, I have finally found the line of vanity that I will not cross. <laughs> so not wanting to get it then, huh? Not going to do it. I don't know how women purposely get shit done on their abdomen. This was literally the worst experience of my life, and it was even dire. But to do this deliberately, I can't even imagine. I, I would never put my family through this for vanity. Never. I will never get it done. I will always look like I had some kind of fight with a bear and I will just leave it at that because it is literally the the most painful most difficult thing I've ever gone through in my life and I've had four three children yeah I've had three children and 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 labor was nothing compared to this yeah nothing you know and then what's funny is that everybody's coming out of the woodwork going oh my god I have a herniated navel too and I'm like then go get that shit fixed I am not kidding if you if you don't exercise, you'll probably never have that pro- this problem. Well, that's the real answer is just, you know, grow old and fat and don't exercise. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. It was a brutal surgery. And it was obviously not the worst case scenario, but just the one above it. Okay. You know? Right, right, so, right. So, you know, as far as the cosmetic damage that's been done to my beautiful stomach... I'll deal with it. I don't have a problem with it. Right. I'll buy the over-the-counter scar repair shit and, you know, do my best. Oh, Mederma or whatever. So here's the funny thing. So you come in and your nurse for the night, her name is Ping. (laughs) Yes, I met Ping before I went in. Right. So Ping is, you know, a pretty, um, you know, she's a pretty energetic um, Asian lady and um, she was very thorough, very good. But what was funny is, is every time she said the word name Ping, I just kept thinking of Mulan, the movie. Because when Mulan, if you've yep. never seen it, you my should. Name is it's, Ping. it's literally my favorite Disney movie. It's the best movie. When she yeah. joins the army and goes as a man, they're like, boy, what's your name? And he, she's like, my name is Ping. And so anyways, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, your Asian nurse's name is Ping. But what was even funnier was is that um, – so you get assigned a, a nurse and then you have like a CNA, like who comes in yes. and, you know, does your stats and, you know, gets you more water and stuff like that. So right. your CNA was Irina. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's her name. I couldn't remember her name. I was racking my brain because I literally tried to remember every nurse I had while I was in the hospital because every single one of them was unique. So Irina or Irina or whatever, she came in. She literally yes. snapped the glove in her hand and she's like, hello, my name is Irina. I'll be the CNA for this evening. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> and so she started. She's like, OK, we're just going to check a couple things here. And then she gets the thermometer thing and she's just like, darling, open your mouth. I have to take your temperature. And you were asleep. And I was like, oh, God. And it's it's not even like she was telling you that. She was like stabbing you in the mouth, like, you know, telling you to open your lips she so did. she could take your temperature. And I'm like, I'm all simmer down, Arena. She pierced my tongue skin. Ow. The under the tongue skin. She had pierced it with the thing. And I'm like, and I started biting it. Like, get the fuck, get oh, out no. of here. What are you, back up, lady. It's just the temp. It's okay. But she, you know who she reminded me of is, um, because I got a glimpse of her, she reminded me of the housekeeper in that movie, uh, War of the Roses. She was, she looked exactly like that housekeeper, even sounded like her, although her voice was a a bit deeper, but she, she wasn't German, she was Russian, but that's who she reminded me of. I'm like, God, and she came, she comes barreling in like a, you know, rhinoceros, just getting whatever she needs. And that's all I remember of her, but I did have some very colorful nurses. It was funny to me because, you know, you're always not picking on, but I mean, you're always lamenting about, you know, Asian people or Russian people or something. And I'm like, well, here's Jamie's <laughs> first night after surgery and she has an Asian and a Russian nurse and CNA. This is interesting. I know. <laughs> Well, it's not that I, first of all, it's not that I dislike any other culture. I've told you that a gajillion times. No, you don't. It's just that what I find, I find stereotypes tend to be stereotypes for a reason, I guess is my point. But, but, and that did hold true, by the way. It wasn't like that didn't happen. I mean, you know, I had a, a delightful Korean nurse the last night I was there and she smelled like, um, lemongrass. Oh, what was her name? Som. S-O-M. Every time she came, every time Psalm came in, I knew if I was asleep, I knew she was in because she smelled like lemongrass. I don't know what lemongrass smells. I mean, does it smell like lemon and grass? Or? It smells like it smells like lemon with a little woodsy, like a grassy. Yeah. Hmm. And then I had. Oh, and then um, the day that I left, I had a I mean, stunningly beautiful Jamaican. Oh, no, she was African um, nurse. Her name was uh, Vivian. And she looked Ooh, every bit of what a, a cool very. Name. Every bit Vivian you could imagine. Just gorgeous, gorgeous. She was just stunningly beautiful. And I'm thinking, and actually she was the reason I got up and put on mascara. Because I said, well, I can't compete with Vivian because she's just too gorgeous. Right. But I can at least put on some mascara at this point. I mean, my <laughs> arms aren't broken. God. So I did. But, and then I had, um, I had Alex, who was a Russian gentleman, and he was the most attentive nurse I had in the evenings. Yeah. He was happy to give me morphine at my whim. Oh, and during the evening, I mean, Daryl was, you know, he was fastidious. He never left my side. He stayed the entire time. And whenever I was in any kind of pain, he would get up out of a deep sleep and say, what's the matter? What do you need? He really did. He did. He was unbelievable. The difference between Daryl is, you know, he is not insane, I guess, like we are. I mean, no one lost control. No one, you know, got crazy and started yelling at the nursing staff or anything like that. But um, it was just funny because you would say how, like, you would say something like, oh, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I need my pain medication. So mom and I instantly you know, start jumping into action like, well, you know, she needs she needs her medication. Where's the nurse? You know, blah, blah, blah. And it kind of, I mean, it reminded me of that scene, though, in terms of endearment where she's like, it, it's 10 o'clock. My daughter needs the shot. Get out of 
After 10, give my daughter the pain shot, please. Mrs. Greenway, I was going to. Oh, good. Go ahead. In just a few minutes. Well, please, it's, it's after 10. It's after 10. I don't see why she has to have this pain. Ma'am, it's not my patient. It's time for her shot. You understand? Do something. All she has to do is hold out until 10. And it's past 10. She's in pain. My daughter is in pain. Give her the shot. You understand? You're going to behave. Give her that fortunately didn't happen. It didn't happen, although it could have happened because if you or mom had stayed the night, it would have happened because the there potential. was a, a Saturday night. There was a time period where they weren't giving me enough pain meds. Oh, wow. And Daryl finally, he had been polite, you know, because Daryl's a gentleman. He's polite, you know. Well, he's, so, he's, he's normal. Not, he's not like us. No he's one normal. is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he gets up finally, and finally he's pacing and panicking. And finally he comes out. He goes, look, I don't know what I have to do, but you guys have to come in here, and you have to give her more medicine. She's in pain. Right. And for, you know, for now, for a normal citizen of society, that's what you do. Right. Had, had the rules been reversed, or had it been you or me, I would have come out and said, Listen, I don't know how many brain cells you have working right, right now, but when I tell you that my loved one needs something, right. get off your ass, get in this room, right. and give them some fucking relief. I'm done telling you twice. I would have walked out and be like, listen, you either put the Twinkie down or you give me those keys to that med cabinet because I'm going to get it myself. It doesn't look like it takes, you know, two brain cells to just get this shot and shove it in her arm. So yeah. it, it, we've got two choices here. And I am about one phone call away from the chief of staff and you will lose your job. <laughs> so, but I mean, fortunately, now Daryl probably thought he was really putting himself out there, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he probably <laughs> He probably I'm not was. trying to laugh at him, but no, no, it probably I, was uncomfortable for him to do that because you know how he yes. is. Well, listen, he's he's civilized. He was raised to be civil. Us, we were not. We were, we're savages. We're animals growing up, <laughs> and so you know we get our way and we scare everyone in our path, but we get our way. I'm sure there's way to achieve things in life without being, you know, nuts. Strangely, there is, and things get done even without raising our voices or threatening people's lives or jobs. It's amazing. But, you know, whatever works. <laughs> so uh, he was tireless. He was there. He he would not let up. There was a time, oh, and I had a freaking catheter. Yes, Have you, you did. There, oh, my God. And I begged. I begged on Saturday morning. I said, get this thing out of me. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. We can't take that out yet. The doctor says no. And I'm like, why not? They just won't let it happen yet. So Saturday night was, that was like the worst night actually, is um, I woke up and I'm like, I feel like I have to pee. And I said, I think that means they could take it out now. Uh-huh. That's, that's what I thought. And Daryl's like, okay. So once again, he goes out looking for the nurse. And the nurse goes, oh no, that happens sometimes. It'll go away. So it didn't go away. And I said, listen, I said, if you don't get someone to come in here and fix this, I'm pulling it out. And I, I don't really care what happens. That's what I would probably, I would have taken it out and then I would have just yeah. somehow like, you know, siphoned water in there just to make it look like I was yeah. urinating. <laughs> and so Daryl's like, please don't rip anything out of your body. One second. <laughs> so he runs out. The ner Poor Alex, the Russian, comes in and oh. he's like, oh, your catheter tube is kinked. And what was happening was, is the urine was pushing back up in and making me feel like I have to pee. And so he fixed it, and I was like, oh, thank God. And the reason I tell you this is because Daryl became acutely sensitive and aware of the catheter tube and was constantly checking it. 
And so he would fix the tube or try to fix it when it didn't need to be fixed. And I turned to him and I said, listen, I don't know what you're doing, but you're making things worse. Stop touching that because every time you touch that thing, it wiggles around in my urethra and that doesn't feel good. <laughs> it feels, it's, it's very uncomfortable and I'm trying to be incredibly gracious for all of your help. I mean, really. God, okay. So I have to tell you, this is really going to upset you, but. Um, what? Oh no, what? So. They, you know, well, did I poop or something? The, the nose tube is attached to like this little thermos thing in the wall, and it's basically collecting, you know, the contents. Yeah. And so at one point, the two nurses that were changing off because they were doing, you know, their rounds, like at seven o'clock, one nurse is leaving, one's coming on, but they usually come in the room together and discuss, you know, the patient. So they came yeah. in and they were discussing the contents of your tube, and one says, you know, that just doesn't look right to me. Does that look right to you? And she's like, no, it looks a little off. The color's kind of, yeah, I don't know. And so they're what? just like, but, you know, the doctor said he wasn't alarmed. She's like, all right, well, I guess we'll just watch it. But she's like, yeah, that doesn't look right. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, I don't know. I'm just saying it looked like, because, I mean, you know, I had the luxury of sitting there staring at it. And oh, it kind of basically looked like, you know, when you clean up the drain of a sink or something, and it's kind of green yeah. and sludge-like. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was not don't. pretty. And what was worse is the tube. It's not like it automatically like sucked things out. Sometimes it would just kind of like zip back and forth between the little tube before it finally like, you know, made its Jesus. way. So I was yes. sitting and I'm like, why can't they make these tubes like not see through? Because I mean, I know. I'm sitting there talking, like trying so to watch you. And then I'm like watching this little thing, you know, little stomach loogie, you know, oh, whittle back and forth in this tube. See, that's. <laughs> I didn't want to tell you because I knew it would upset you. It is upsetting because those things are, I mean, well, you know, vanity at its finest. Even in the hospital, I'm sitting, you know, I'm trying to, you know, maneuver my slick oil hair that I haven't washed in two days, trying to figure out a way to look decent, which is, it's like. I'll do the, I'll you, do the wet ponytail look. You know what I, oh yeah, that, you know what, you know how well that looks when you have thin hair? It's bad. It's so bad. They didn't even so, give you the dry shampoo. I did have dry shampoo. It was beyond help. That doesn't I even mean, do anything. It's like it's like trying to wash your hands with cotton balls. One yeah, one day of dirty hair and it works great. But after that it's like camping. It's like, why are you even trying to do this? So I um when there were times when I was coherent and I was looking at myself, I'm like, this is I mean, I looked terrible. I mean, really bad. Well, really you had, had just awful. had surgery. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean I didn't look bad. It was just, it was very difficult to look in the mirror. You know, it was like no makeup, oily hair. My hair looked black. It was so oily to me. You know, it was very difficult. So I'm making do. I'm figuring things out. And, you know, I want to shower so badly, you know, but like I I was literally had things sticking out of every orifice of my body. I could do nothing. So finally they started removing things. Now the day they removed that stupid stomach tube. I was there. That's right. You were there with me. Yeah. Well, so what, what was weird is, is I didn't want to stay, not because I couldn't handle it, but I was just like, I knew it was going to hurt really bad. And it, it didn't hurt. It was just a lot. The tube, honestly, the only thing that went through my mind, she's like, okay, take a deep breath. She ripped that sucker out and it looked like the alien come, came flinging out of my body. Like this long ass tail came whipping out with yeah, all this gunk yeah. and stuff. It felt like that. And I looked and my eyes got like giant saucer eyes because I'm thinking that thing was really big. Like mm-hmm. I had no idea how big that tube was until she whipped it out of my body. 
And I'm thinking, I cannot believe that I tolerated that for as long as I did. Like three days. It was terrible. I mean, really quite a relief to get that thing out. Well, what I was funny is, so I was in the hallway when they were pulling it out. And you probably didn't realize, but you did make a sound. And I could hear your nails digging into your bed. Oh, <gasps> you did? I did hear it. Oh, my And God. so, and I was just like, yeah, I knew that was going to hurt. But I mean, fortunately, it's quick. But I mean, it's just... <laughs> I can't it's almost to me it was almost like the reverse of getting a catheter like when you get a catheter because they're just like okay a deep yeah. breath and then they and it's like it's like being stabbed with a sword and and it's really nothing and they, you know whenever that people say it's like it's a little comfortable just a little pressure I'm like pressure my ass I'm like this is not pressure that hurts I know I made some kind of like gagging like you know sound I remember my and it was uh, it was not it on was purpose. involuntary like, right it was involuntary I couldn't believe it but but I and I do remember clinging to the bed, you know. Yeah, I heard your nail scratch like on the sheet. Like I was like, oh yeah, that hurt. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Now there's all of this is going on, right? All of my maintenance yes. and difficulties are happening, but there's a whole world going on outside of my bedroom door or my hospital room door. Oh my god, tell me about it. There are activities occurring and there's all kinds of you know shenanigans and laughing and you know whatever. But next door to me. Really, the highlight of the visit, I believe, was my neighbor who I had the entire time I was there. The man from another land is <laughs> what you'll call him. Had been there apparently for 12 days. Oh my God, what was his deal? Well, of course, they don't tell you, but. It was something about his leg that I know. Oh. What I couldn't determine was why he was still on the surge floor, on the surgery floor, because generally, if you're staying, they're moving you to another area. You're not staying in the surgical floor because this is that's where you are. And then once you recover, you either leave or you go somewhere else. Well, maybe he was still recovering. I don't know. No, I'm not. Or maybe he was going to have another surgery or something. I mean, here's the thing. By, by the time I was ready to leave, I could care less what he was doing. <laughs> right. I had grown to hate him and I wanted him <laughs> to just do anything other than what he was doing. The first night we were there, he's one of these humans that doesn't care or recognize that sound travels or that oh his life is not nearly as important as other people's lives. Mm -hmm. So everybody needs to know every aspect of his life. For example, you know, like wheeling himself out into the middle of the hallway and talking to some random friend, how he's saying that he abandoned his children for 17 years, but that they'll, he'll always be there for them in a very loud voice. Oh, for God's Not in a sakes. quiet, calm voice, a very loud voice, or the 2 a.m. phone calls to his wife on the speakerphone <laughs> about making arrangements for their work or their, you know, their business or their job or, you know, r randomly going into tirades with the uh, parade of nurses and doctors that kept coming in and out of his room, you know, at all hours of the night because he was demanding it. I mean, I think the only time the man did not talk was when they gave him something to shut him up. Like, I don't know, right? morphine. Like, I, I'm pretty sure they sedated him just to get a break. I don't and blame so them. People would come in and they say, okay, Mr. So-and-so, you really need to get up. You need to walk around. You can't, you know, he's like, well, it's Sunday. I think today's just going to be my lazy rest day so I can watch football. Now, I will tell you this. I worked my ass off to get out of that hospital. Like, I did everything I could to get up. I think Saturday, I was up walking. 
I was walking yeah. around because I'm like, I want out of here immediately. I don't want to be here any longer than I'm supposed to be. I'm done. I want to get out. I want to go home. Right. And he's like, well, it's Sunday, so I'm just going to – today's just going to be my lazy day. She's like, well, you really need to get up and try to work your leg and blah, blah, blah. He did five steps out of his room, turned back around, and laid down and started screaming at the TV and calling people, speaking in random languages. <laughs> Um, and talking about products that needed to be purchased for his church or, you know, his business. And you know what? It, it was one of those things where the nurses were finally like, would you like us to close your door? I'm like, could you do it any faster? Like, right? yes, quickly. Well, see, I shut your door because whenever I got there, and here's the thing about hospitals, which I hate, and I don't mean to do this, but when you're walking down a long corridor, I don't know why so many people leave their doors open, to be honest. And not only do they leave their doors open. I don't like either. Their, their drapes are wide open. So, I mean, naturally, me being, you know, of the morbid curiosity, I'm glancing in to see, you know, if I'll see some sort of carnage or something, you know, like, you know, someone on bypass or I don't know, whatever. Well, you're just curious. You're like, hey, I'm here too. I'm, I, but I'm always, you know... Not disappointed, but I'm always just like, you know, I kind of wish I hadn't done that because now I just can't unsee what I just saw. And one of the things that I saw, which I mentioned was, is the guy kind of looks like his hair looked like Tom Jones or not Tom Jones, um, George Jones, where it was Very like, white. or like maybe Johnny Cash, kind of like that slicked back, you know, look and his he had like those prescription glasses but they were tinted almost like sunglasses and his hair was pure white he had on like pajama bottoms but he had no top on and he was very tanned and he was hairy he didn't need a top he did not need a top because he had a sweater of body hair There's nothing the uglies love more than some retail therapy. And now you can support your shopping habit and this show by visiting UglyTruth.com. Jamie and Paula have picked some of their favorite online stores and products and put the links in their new Ugly Mall. It's easy to find at UglyTruth.com. Remember, the Ugly Truth will never charge you for audio content. So this is the best way to support the show. That's U-G-L-E-E Truth.com. It was a circus, but after all was said and done, I just realized that um, either we're incredibly particular, or which is most likely the case, or people just don't have as much um, manners or how to behave. It's almost like... Oh, they just are socially inept. Well, they just don't. You know, it's like you get into, like, you know, when people go to hotels and they do things in hotels that they would never do at home. You know, it's kind of the same mentality at a hospital, I think. I guess that's the only thing I can think. Yeah, maybe like that's true. Maybe they think like the nurse is like their personal slave staff or something like that. I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, it's like you would you would never shit in your bathtub, but god dang, you get into a hotel and get loaded and you just might, you know? I guess. Yeah. Huh? Did you just say god dang? No. Jeez. Did I? You did. And when you hear that back, you're going to want to punch yourself <laughs> in the face, but go ahead. I might. So And you know why? But Yeah, I will. <laughs> Shut up. So we get, I finally, so I'm released. Thank the Lord. I get, I got released on Monday morning. I was so glad. So I get home. Everything's great. And I go to bed Tuesday morning. I'm feeling wonderful. I'm walking around. I had some raspberries, had a little bit of, you know, some mild enchilada that Daryl had made. I had a couple bites of that. You know, I really don't have an appetite, but at least I can eat solids because I hadn't had any meal since thursday early 
So I hadn't eaten in like four or five days, really. I mean, I'd had jello and stuff, but no like chewing food. Right. Go to bed Tuesday night, wake up at um, 1 a.m. Wednesday morning, and I am, my stomach is killing me. And, you know, there's a couple things that go through your mind. One, it's like, okay, something's going wrong with your intestines. I'm going to end up back in the hospital. And all I could think was I was going to get that stupid tube in my throat Oh, no. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, God, I hope that's not what it is. So I go downstairs and I'm really mad and hostile because I'm worried. Right. I ended up puking my guts up for five hours. I threw up every other hour until 6 a.m. on Wednesday morning, went to bed, and I slept all day long. All day. I was so exhausted. I slept all day. Come to find out, I got some kind of flu. Oh. So I got, got sick. Some sort of disgusting filth in that hospital. Yeah, probably from the man next door screaming and spitting all over the hallway. I'm sure he gave me some kind of bug Hacking that I... up a lung, right? Yeah. And so I got that. So I was... I've been sick, like, with the flu. And it... it I mean, like, recovering from surgery isn't bad enough. Now I'm dealing with this. Here's the other thing. They really need you to go number two, like, as soon as possible. (laughs) They need you to go number two as soon as possible. Now, they didn't make me stay in the hospital to do that, but there was no way that was happening because I had thrown up everything I had eaten since I got home. There was nothing in my stomach. So I'm like, well, I I mean, I hope my stomach works. I have no idea because it nothing's gotten past my stomach since I've been home. Yeah. Okay. So then the next day, Wednesday, Wednesday, I wake up Thursday morning and I started my damn period. <laughs> Jesus. It's like the devil's trifecta. Surgery, flu, period. All at once. So it well, it could have been worse. You could have been on your period in the hospital and it's oh not my like God, I know. or something like that. So you would have just been sitting <sighs> in a giant diaper. Oh my God. You know, dealing with it. that. But the other thing that was so funny about, um, and I'm surprised they didn't make you poop before you left because that's usually like a condition of release is is like you literally have to pinch a loaf before they'll let you go. So what was funny about the whole thing in the hospital is is that um, they kept asking you, have you passed gas, have you passed gas, have you passed gas? And so I told Daryl at one point, I said, you know, it may not be the worst thing in the world if she was alone. I said, because the possibility or the likelihood of her passing gas with anyone present is like, prob- I mean, she could be here for six months before this could ever happen. So I just said, I I'm just saying, you know, she may need an hour alone to make this miracle happen. <laughs> and it was it was a damn miracle, by the way. So, and, and he was just like, yeah, well, we'll see, you know, because he wasn't really wanting to, you know, leave you alone and everything. And then I think it was Sunday that he said, um, yeah, I'm going to go. Jamie said, you know, she needs some alone time, blah, blah. And I think it was literally so you could fart. <laughs> like, that's what you needed to be Can alone you even stand it? It's to like concentrate. My, my literally, my, my life depended on it, and I couldn't do it with him in the room. <laughs> it's like if someone said, we're going to kill you if you don't fart right now in front of all of us, I'd be like, well, then you might as well just pull the trigger. You're just like, I'm closing my eyes now. <laughs> yeah, because May God have mercy on my soul. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so we get home and um you know and daryl is like obsessed he's like you need to eat you need to go to the bathroom i'm like listen you're like okay i'm out of the hospital we can stop this whole little like i said i don't i do not i do not want to discuss my bowel movements with you i don't want to discuss any kind of intestinal gas with you (laughs) 
I don't want to do this any longer. We're not doing this. He goes, honey, don't you think we're past that? I go, we will never be past it. You're like, it's never, ever going to be normal discussion. What just occurred was, you know, a crisis, you know, emergency situation. And, and now that we're home, we will never speak of it again. And, and my bowel movements and my flatulence will remain. Like uh, one of the seven mysteries of the world. Yes. The only the NSA might know when I pass gas. If I happen to have my phone with me on the toilet, yes, that's the only way they would ever know. Because other than that, no one will know. No one will ever know. That's funny that he somehow thinks like you guys had a breakthrough or something. Oh, please. I know. He's like, oh, honey, don't you think we're past it? I'm like, absolutely not. I mean, I realize that you have seen things shoved up my cooch, down my throat, in my mouth. And, you know, I had to sit there and discuss bowel movements and flatulence with a nursing. Yes. But, you know, this th- there is no we in this situation no. here. You just happened this to be there me. when I was answering questions. I was not sitting there gabbing about my poo or pee or tooting or anything like that. There was no there was no genetic change. There was no genetic altering. He thought you guys like, you know, broke down some barriers. No, the the, the DNA of my being did not change <laughs> when we were there. Those things are still things that we don't discuss. And as far as you're concerned, I don't do it. And he and he turned around and walked away puzzled yet again. Yeah, like <laughs> after, he thought he got after me after 16 somehow? years or 17 years. He's just like and there she is, the mystery that is my wife. <laughs> Just when I thought she was going to be normal for a minute. No. Never. No. And in fact, it's true. I mean, during the whole visit, even though all of these things were discussed, you never once conceded by like breaking your vow of silence. You know what I mean? Like you may have had to talk about it, but you were only answering direct questions with yes or no answers. You were not like discussing anything. Giving up any information. In fact, (laughs) he came back, he had fallen asleep and one slipped through. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, all right, I have to inform the nurse because I want to go home tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it was in the, it was nighttime. And so he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm unplugging my IV. I'm getting my myself put together. He goes, where, where are you going? I go, I'll be right back. He goes, where are you going? I said, I'll be right back. He's like, we're in the hospital. You're going nowhere. And I said, I will return. I need to speak with my nurse. He's like, why? And I'm like. I will be back. Oh, my God. I wouldn't even say it. I couldn't even say it. No, you couldn't because he was there. So, like, you would have to he... acknowledge that you farted in front of him. Exactly. And so I went, look, I went for a walk. He goes, well, do you want me to walk with you? I'm like, no, I'm fine. And so I walked around, <laughs> couldn't find her. I said, you know what? No problem. I'll just wait till she comes in to do whatever, you know. So she comes in and I said, well, it happened. She goes, hey, you farted. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, and I'm my like, God. Okay. Like, we don't need to scream the word. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just not do that? And Daryl's like, oh, honey. And I'm like, you. Well, okay, gonna, we're not having this conversation. Get, I didn't. I wouldn't even look at him. And I didn't even say it. <laughs> You're like, you said, it happened. Yeah. And, I'm just, and it's like, why is this such a big damn deal? And it's like, I know it's not supposed to be this big of a deal, but it is. Haven't anybody seen when Carrie farted in Big's bed? I'm surprised they didn't write it on your whiteboard. You know, today's, you know, goals are safety, walking, and farting. God, it's like, come on. I, I, I realize it seems like a ridiculous hang up. But it's just the way I am. No, it's how we are. I mean, it's, it's yeah. yeah, no, I get it. So then, God forbid, now he's obsessed with shoving, you know, food in my mouth and, 
you know, uh, Metamucil, so I'll go. And, you know, he's like, you have to go out. And I'm like, okay, you know what? This is, we are crossing into a land <laughs> that I've never been in, and I am not interested in traveling. He needs to, to. He needs to go back to work. It's, it's, we're done. In fact, I told him today, I said, Monday's a new day. We're starting over. Monday, everything goes back to normal. Right. I don't care what I'm doing, but Monday's Well, that's why you've weaned yourself off the pain medication already. You are just willing yourself to get back to a normal I life. I have to. I, I can't, you know, and the thing is, is that I'm not tired of him taking care of me or making, you know, making me rest or anything like that. All of that's been fine. And I've been very dutiful because... According to the doctor, when I left, I have at least two months of no heavy lifting or oh. this thing will pop. And I can tell you right now, I'm never doing this again. So I'm cool. So you won't lift a thing. With laying low, but 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 I'm I'm done with anybody – well, I'm done with him specifically interested in my intestinal – so I'm just moving on <laughs> upward and onward. Oh my gosh. Well, what a freaking nightmare. But I mean, it's it's over. It's done with. And I think we've had enough. So, you know, next week I will uh, I will get to endure removing the 40 or 50 staples that I have. And, oh you know, I, I'll show you I'll show you the scar next time I see you. Obviously. Yeah. But wanna... now the only other thing I want to say is this as we wrap up our evening is that because of this emergency, we missed two of the most exciting events that we were looking forward to for the last three or four months. One, we had tickets. We had very close seat tickets to go see Adam Carolla do his podcast live in Sacramento. And we missed it because on Saturday I was writhing and in pain and unable to attend. We were in the hospital. We were in the hospital. And um, I heard it was really fun, and I'm so bummed that we that we got missed the opportunity because you know Daryl had a bottle of Mangria that he wanted to have Aww, signed. And, oh well, you know we wanted to just meet him and say hello and meet his crew and stuff. And we were really looking forward to that too. Um, actually, t- it is Saturday. Is um, we had amazing seats to go see the UFC event that is currently taking place in Sacramento tonight mm-hmm. with Uriah Faber and then um, the little short guys, the little tiny guys that fight for the championship belt. We're missing that, but producer Dub got to go, and he got to take, actually, he got to take our uh, web designer Josh with him tonight, mm-hmm. and our um, one of our favorite friends, um, Ishii, got to go, mm-hmm. so hopefully they're, well, he sent me a couple of photos, It's they're pretty good seats. No, they I mean, they're having, they're having a good time, so. Yeah, so they're having a great time, and so although we're completely disappointed, it only uh, renews our desire to go to Vegas yes. to see a UFC fight now. We're going to go see this. So, so. That's happening. Yes. So, I mean, that, yes, it was disappointing, but, you know, it's just how life goes. And, you know, yeah. it's, the most important thing was is that you're healthy and safe and home yes. and, and, you know, taking care of yourself. And so tickets and shows, we can always see those later. But it's true. Anyway, so, well, I do think that is a wrap for this week. Yep. We appreciate you guys hanging in with us or hanging in there, um, despite the fact that we had an impromptu absence, I guess you can say. Also, big kudos to everyone who's still using the Amazon site um, for their shopping. We've definitely noticed an increase in that. And I just, you know, we're so um, humbled, I guess, and, yeah. and grateful that you think enough of us to, you know, go to our, our ugly Support mall our and, and click on our Amazon link and shop there with us. So yeah, we um, love it. thank you so much to everyone who's doing that. It's, you know, we're truly um, grateful for that. And um, if you haven't had a chance, definitely go to our website, check out our ugly mall. You know, there is more than that than, than the, just the Amazon and the Avon. We've got some other cool stuff, um, mm-hmm. iTunes and you know, just some other little fun little sites. So please check that out. 
thank you to Dub and Josh and all their hard work as usual. And yeah. to our new listeners, um, we are really digging that iHeartRadio is is attracting so many new listeners. But what we love yes. about it, too, is, is that, you know, you may listen once, but you're retaining it and you're coming back and, and we're growing. And it's just, you know, it's really exciting for us. And so we're so grateful for that. And thank you for the follows on Facebook and Twitter. Those do help kind of spread the word a little bit. So we really appreciate those little social interactions that you do. It's not our bread and butter you know we prefer you to hit the website but yeah. if you do if you do use facebook and twitter and you find us there hit the like or follow and we totally appreciate that yes and finally i just want to say thank you i have been overwhelmed with get well soon wishes from everybody private messages on my facebook page it's been super super awesome to know you guys actually care that my guts were dying and that you're glad I'm getting better. So thank you for all of the well wishes. Yeah, that's so sweet. So, yeah. all right. Well, then next week we will be back with some more fun stuff. And we will probably have a pretty exciting milestone um, announcement. So you'll have yeah. to tune in next week to check us out. So until then, have a fabulous week and we'll see you next time. Bye. Aren't you sad it's over? Don't worry. We'll have another episode for you very soon. In the meantime, connect with the Uglies online at Facebook, Twitter, and at UglyTruth.com. That's U-G-L-E-E Truth.com. 